Man, oh man, heartbreak for Minnesota against Wisconsin. We're going to dive into what this basketball team needs to do to get back on track. Then we got to cover a transfer portal addition for the Gophers football team. And then why Elijah, Elijah Hawkins is the heart and soul of this basketball team. Hey, you are no locked happens, on Golden Gophers. No matter what we're going to do here, we're just going to keep rowing. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota uh, Golden out, Gophers. However it turns out, we're just going to keep rowing. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're just going to keep rowing, keep rowing, and keep rowing. You're listening to Locked On Golden Gophers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Kane Robb, host of the podcast, former collegiate football video coordinator and recruiting assistant here to talk Golden Gophers with you each and every day of the week, Monday through Friday. Today, we're having a little bit of a later show because I want to make sure to get that men's basketball game in here with Wisconsin versus Minnesota. It just made sense. Let's cover it after the game. Hopefully, we could be covering an upset win, but you know, we talked earlier on the show earlier in the week, like maybe you don't get this Wisconsin win and then you move on. You got to win two of the next three, but really get into line. No, the Gophers had every opportunity to get this win, especially late into this game. And they just fumbled the bag, plain and simple. Now there is a lot of hope, a lot of upside when you see something like this, but at the same time, you get sick of seeing the upside and you want to see it come to fruition with a dub, with a close win on the good side of these close games. And right now, Minnesota adds another loss, making it four straight for the men's basketball team. Now we're going to dive into that, but be sure to hit subscribe over on YouTube. So you don't miss any of your daily gophers content and let me know how you're feeling. Let me know what went wrong. Let me know what is going on with this men's basketball team and why they can't pull off the close ones. I want to know your thoughts in the comments below. So be sure to do that over on YouTube. Now, Minnesota was right there. I mean, right there to beating a ranked number 13 Wisconsin team in this country, but they weren't able to close it out. And we've seen Minnesota be in some fights and some grinds, and that's something we haven't seen for the past two years. So don't hear what I'm not saying. In fact, of this team has been getting better. This team has been growing. They're showing progress under coach Ben Johnson, but what we haven't seen is the ability to close out a game. And in fact, we haven't seen that much in this tenure with coach Ben Johnson, but besides maybe a buzzer beating winning shot by Jameson battle here and there, but he's no longer here. So the Gophers have to find a way to close out close games and win. And right now they can't do it. They've dropped three or two games really where they were very close down to the wire. They pulled one away against Michigan, but even that one was more so on a Michigan miss because they had the opportunity to take the lead than it was on Minnesota really capitalizing on the lead itself. So, Minnesota has to find a way to come out on the other side of these. That seems to be the story for this Gophers team. Close, but not close enough. And so we need that to change, and it has to change in a heartbeat, in a hurry, because if they can't figure out a way to close out these games, it is going to be tough to get excited for the back half of the season and hoping that they can get to an NCAA tournament. Now, the thing is, Minnesota shows the fight, but they don't show the consistency. And that's where things are going wrong in the long scheme of things. If they want any shot 
at a tournament run, if they want any shot at getting to the tournament, even getting a bid, then they are going to need to find the ladder. They're going to need to find consistency to secure wins to put their name in the conversation. Now, all is not lost after losing this game. This just would have been a huge resume-building win. This could have been a staple on your resume if you drop a game later or if it's a close call and you're like, whoa, they beat a number 13-ranked Wisconsin team. That's what helps you take that extra leap in the close calls. And Minnesota could use any leap, any little added benefit to their favor when it comes to that tournament resume building, uh, I guess that resume builder, you want to have something and this could have been the staple. This could have been the headline, but they fall by two points to a Wisconsin team at home. Now, look, when you're looking at their, their losing streak, four games in a row, Indiana, you had a few chances to take the game and really capitalize and try to pull it out and win on the road. Iowa, it was a tough game, often a single-digit game, which is promising, but they were never able to take the lead or really control the game at all. Iowa had steady control in that game. But then the next two games, Michigan State and Wisconsin, both of them, many chances to pull away, many chances to win the game and make a name for yourself against teams that are doing well in the net ranking. So it really could have boosted your resume, both of those games back-to-back, -back, but they can't find a way to get it done. Now, the problem is Minnesota plays some long stretch stretches of high-level basketball, and that is a great thing, but they haven't been able to play at that level for an entire game, a complete game, and that's what we're missing. That is the difference. That is what could make this team an NIT team, or it could make it an NCAA tournament bid-type team. Now, if Minnesota doesn't put itself into these huge gaps against Indiana, against Michigan State, against Wisconsin, where you're falling behind by a lot very early in the game, then you have to claw your way back in and finally you go back and forth in a close game down to the wire, or you end up losing a, a big lead in the Indiana case, but you get where I'm going with this. If you don't put yourself three steps behind to kick off the game and have to claw your way back the entire time, you probably end up with a win in at least two of those games, but maybe all three. So you have been your own worst enemy when it comes to putting yourself in a hole that you have to dig yourself out of. And that, my friends, is what probably hurts the most when it comes to watching this Gophers men's basketball team because the promise is there, the hope is there, the talent is there, the depth is there, the versatility is there. The fact that you have multiple players that can get it done. Mike Mitchell Jr. can go off on a scoring front. Dawson Garcia can be a 30-point 30 30 scorer in a night. Elijah Hawkins is not only the best distributor in the entire country, but he can score as well. Braden Carrington is so much fun to play. Watch play defense, clean up on the boards. His effort plays, he brings something. Parker Fox has moments. Isaiah Enan has had moments this season. Cam Christie has a ton of upside. Pharrell Payne, speaking of upside, there's so much on this team but they can't find a way to put it together, to get it done against the, the tougher opponents, against the resume builders. They just can't find a way. And that's what is hurting. That is what is frustrating. Now, we have been our own worst enemy, like I've said, with leads. Either we have given up a big lead right away or we have blown a lead looking at the case of the Missouri game. And it's not just in those three games, like I said, with the Wisconsin, the Michigan State, and the Indianas. You've also seen it against Ohio State, putting yourself in a big gap and then clawing back. 
You see it against Missouri where you were up by 20 and then you blow the lead. You have to find a way to capitalize, to close out. And it all starts with consistency because the only two games Minnesota has not been in this season has been the San Francisco game and the Iowa game. Other than that, Minnesota has had the potential to win every single game they have played this season. Now, if you're talking about a team that is instead of 12 and seven, they're what? 17 and two. We would be raising the roof. We would be praising what coach Ben Johnson is doing, but rather that than that, They've dropped the games because they can't find a way to close it out. Minnesota has to get back on track, and they have to do it in a hurry. Because if you don't, your hope, your fingers crossed that getting a tournament run is going to fall apart sooner rather than later. This starts with not giving massive leads or gaps, and then also potentially not living and dying by the three-point. Now, the Gophers have gotten hot on stretches, and they've hit the three-pointer with some huge consistency, but I feel like they're always finding their gaps. Like, the reason they fell behind against Wisconsin today was struggles from three-point line. Wisconsin builds up their lead, and then eventually the Gophers got hot and kind of got it back together, and all of a sudden it's game. But you don't want to live and die by the three, and they've done that on multiple occasions. You shot piss poor at times and still found yourselves in a close game. Michigan State, they shot terribly. From three point, I believe uh, the Iowa game, they shot terribly from three point. You have to find a way to get easier buckets. You have one of the best post players in the entire Big Ten, maybe two of the best post players in the entire Big Ten, and Dawson Garcia and Pharrell Payne. Find ways to get them easy touches, easy looks, bunnies, hooks. I don't care. Get the ball in the basket and not give yourselves huge deficits to have to claw back into. On top of that, like we have said, consistency is everything. We need Dawson Garcia to turn it on and play into his ceiling. We need Cam Christie to step into his upside. And we need consistency across the board from every single gopher on this roster. And it has to start in the next game against Penn State. Minnesota has to win this game in order to get themselves back on track and not fall into a slump. I believe Penn State is currently worst in the Big Ten. You cannot afford to drop a game to them. In fact, you need to build, you need to full throttle this thing and win by a lot, win by a good amount, build your confidence back up, get the momentum back in your favor, and then get on a run. It's going to be important because Penn State, and then you've got Northwestern, and then you've got Michigan State. You need to win two out of three of those, in my opinion, if you really want to get back into your name, possibly being on a tournament hopeful and getting a bid. So two out of the next three is hopeful. If you can run all three, you put yourself in a better position. But this one, it doesn't make it any easier that you just lost to your rival in Wisconsin. Or I guess Wisconsin was the rival. You get where I'm going. It was at home, but still. Saturday, we're going to have a big day for big Ben Johnson and the squad. But before we move on to talking about Elijah Hawkins and how he is the heart and soul of this Gophers basketball team and how he might be the most important Gopher, I want to talk about another Gopher on the football side of things who hit the transfer portal. Cornerback Tyler Bride is leaving after one year. Why? We're going to talk about that coming up next. First, you got to hear about our friends over at FanDuel because right now they have a massive, awesome, fantastic deal going on for new customers. And that's $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Plain and simple. Guaranteed. Win or lose. That's free money in your pocket, in your account. All you got to do is place a $5 bet and you are guaranteed to get 
$150 in bonus bets, win or lose over at FanDuel, America's number one sports book. They've got so many choices for you to choose from for player props, uh, spreads, points, money lines, you name it. Plus, you can even check out their Parlay Hub, the best popular way to find the popular parlays out there. On top of that, they have a new Explore tab to find the right bets for you and they have live same game parlays over at FanDuel. So go to fanduel.com slash locked on. Again, that's fanduel.com slash locked on. And you will get $150 in bonus bets when you place a $5 bet as a new customer over at fanduel.com slash locked on. All right, Govers fans, let's talk about Tyler Bride because he has officially hit the portal. That's another name going to the portal for PJ Fleck and coaching staff. But Tyler Bride was a gopher for one season. He had just transferred in uh, about this time, a little bit later, at the end of the spring session, heading into the summer, Tyler Bride comes over from Georgia Southern to Minnesota, and he's here for one year, and all of a sudden he's back in the transfer portal before spring has really even sprung for the Gophers football team. Now, according to Minnesota's website last season, he headed into the year with two years of eligibility, meaning next year will be his final year of eligibility. So he is looking and transferring with one year of availability left for his next team. Now, last season, Tyler Bride, nine games played where he was featured, whether it was special teams, whether it was some snaps on defense, but only one of those games did he actually register any tackles in, and that was versus or any production, I guess, on the defensive end, and that was versus Wisconsin where he had five tackles. He had two solo, three assisted tackles. He got some time in there, but then over some extra time, over the time and prep time for the bowl game, he, it looked like he got replaced by Zaquan Bryan when it came to the roster and the depth chart and whatnot. Now, there seemed to be expectations for Tyler Bride heading into the season to be a rotational player for the Gophers at a cornerback position where they were desperate, where they didn't have a ton of depth, and they had a clear need after that spring game of 2023. Now, that said, he didn't find himself in that type of role. In fact, it seemed like he was behind the starters of Justin Wally and Trey Jones, obviously, but he was also behind Tariq Watson to start up the year as well. Anytime a little injury happened for Justin Wally, Tariq Watson was the first man in. Now, eventually, by the bowl game, it seemed like Zaquan Bryan had passed him as well, and he had passed up uh, Tariq Watson as well. So you're talking about in the last season, in the final game, you had Justin Wally, you had Trey Jones, you had Zaquan Bryan, you had Tariq Watson, and then you had Tyler Bride. Now that's fifth on the depth chart last year to finish off the year. Now eventually, if you're looking further into the spring, you got to look at not only who's coming in, but what positions have become available. The only player leaving that room so far is Trey Jones, and he is taking his talents trying to enter the NFL draft. Now heading into the spring, he may have been sitting around that cornerback four or maybe even lower on the depth chart, and you know it's your final year play. So do I blame him for entering the portal? Not necessarily if you want to go out there and be a starter at the Division One football level, but it might not be at a Power 5 school. Now, you had the opportunity to see what that's like and see if it was a fit, and it clearly wasn't a fit at this point. But where does the room sit right now with Tyler Bride hitting the portal? Well, cornerback one is Justin Wally plain and simple. He will be 
the lead cornerback for this team. And the next man up, it's going to be a battle this spring. You're going to have to see who goes out there and takes it. And you've got Robinson coming in from Bucknell, who could be the guy to answer the call. You could have Zaquan Bryan, who started to come on late in the season once he got some opportunities versus Wisconsin and versus uh, uh, Bowling Green in the bowl game. And then you've got Tariq Watson, who's had some moments here and there throughout the entire season, stepped up in some injuries. Those three could all step out and battle for that cornerback two position. And the other two could really fight for rotational snaps and finding their way into some relevancy and into some opportunities is really the word I'm looking for there in the 2024 season. So those four guys could be the top of the pecking order for the Gophers cornerback room. Now, beyond them, you have Rylan Kelly, who we've heard a lot about, but we haven't seen much on the field. And then on top of that, you've got Giante McMillan, who transfers in from TCU. He's done a ton on special teams. He's had some moments on defense. He's played for a team that made it to the national championship game, but he hasn't really been able to enter that starting role, that caliber of uh, a starter at the power five level. So could he put his name into the conversation? Maybe we're going to find out this spring, but those are kind of your top what, seven guys in the, or top six, top six guys in the rotation as of right now. Now, there are freshmen coming in from this 2024 class at the cornerback position as well. You've got Mike Gerald. He is an early enrollee, so he's already on campus getting ready to run with the squad and try to earn some playing time, get into the playbook, get to the speed of the D1 level. All of that is happening early for Mike Gerald, who has some talent coming from Texas high school football as well. But then you've got two younger guys who will be here in the summer, Simon Seidel and Samuel Madu. Both of them have some upsides to him. Seidel is an all-around athlete, played hockey, has some speed to him. Samuel Madu is built to play right now. He can still get bigger and stronger, but he has the body to play Division I football as a freshman. We'll see if he can step into that or if it will take some time. But regardless, you add those three freshmen on top of the seven I already mentioned, uh, or six, again, I said seven, six plus those three, that's nine cornerbacks you're looking at, plus you bring in uh, walk-ons and Evan Redding, Victor Pless, who have both been around, both been contributing, both been practicing with this Gophers team for years. That's 11 cornerbacks in this room, a lot more depth than the team had at this point last year. Now, that said, this room is extremely young. Seven of those 11 players are sophomores or younger, so there's a ton of upside in this room. There's a ton of potential in this room, but you're going to need them to get mature and get ready fast. So that's going to be the biggest thing we need to see developed in this spring session. Regardless, Tyler Bride is not going to be one of those guys who is playing for the Gophers next season. So best of luck to Tyler Bride as he tries to look for a new home in his final year of eligibility. But the Gophers are moving on and they're looking towards who will step up into that cornerback two role. My money is on Robinson or Zaquan Bryan. Those are my two guys. I think those Three with Justin Wally will be the headlines of that cornerback room. And then we'll have the Nichols, some consistency with Jack Henderson and Craig McDonald. I think the secondary is going to step into some bigger upside, especially having a lot of guys playing minutes and some younger guys stepping into bigger opportunities. I'm looking forward to it, especially what we can see from new defensive coordinator Corey Heatherman and what he brings, what wrinkles and elements he brings to this defense. That's going to be exciting. But we're going to go back to basketball. We have to talk about Elijah Hawkins because I think he might be the most important gopher. And you know what? I had my mind changed after thinking about it a little bit. I was on team Dawson Garcia as number one in this state, in this team, in this program. But maybe not. We're going to talk about why coming up next.
All right, Gover Sands, I got to lay it to you straight. I think Elijah Hawkins might be the best player on this Gophers team. And you know what? I'm not speaking best player from a talent perspective, but I am speaking best player from the fact of Elijah Hawkins is the heart and soul of this Minnesota Gophers basketball team. Now, that's not to say he's the best players and the most talented. Like that, that that's probably Dawson Garcia. That's not to say he's the highest upside player on the team. That could be Cam Christie. That could be Pharrell Payne, one of the younger guys who haven't quite reached their ceiling, haven't quite reached their full capabilities. But Elijah Hawkins is the heartbeat of this team. And you can't convince me that if Minnesota has Elijah Hawkins in that Michigan State game, that they don't at least have a win against Michigan State, even through this losing streak so far. Elijah Hawkins is the difference for this Gophers team, and they were right on the verge, and he was the catalyst. He was the leader of the charge in possibly upsetting the number 13 team in Wisconsin. Now, they fall short, one basket short of pulling off a great upset, a resume-building upset, but regardless, you saw Elijah Hawkins leading the way. He's selfless. His game is all around. He plays on both ends. Yes, he might have some times where he gets a little uh, over, he a little plays a little bit too fast sometimes, or maybe he he holds on to the ball a little bit slightly too long on some offensive fronts. But overall, his game is all around. He is a, a weapon for this team on both the offensive and defensive sides of the ball as a scorer, as a distributor. He gets it done. This team has a massive hole when he is not playing the game, and we saw that plain and simple against Michigan State. He is the only true facilitator or lead guard on this team, and he leads the entire country in assists and is even seeing his scoring numbers ticking up in that direction as well. So if this four – think about this. In the four-game losing streak that Minnesota has had happening, they have been Elijah Hawkins' worst games when it comes to scoring besides one. So in the uh, Michigan State game, he wasn't in the game, so obviously he didn't score a point. In the Iowa game, he didn't make a single bucket from the, the field goal. He didn't make a field goal in that game. And then on top of that, Indiana, he shot two for 12. So his three games where he has struggled from shooting is the three games where the Gophers have lost. Then you talk about, okay, but what about Wisconsin? You just said he went off in the Wisconsin game. He led the team in scoring and all that. Yes, and they almost beat a ranked opponent with him shooting at his best while others were struggling from the floor. That just goes to show you that the importance and the elements that Elijah Hawkins brings to this team. And that's why I think he truly is the best player on this team, the heartbeat of this team. Now, those those are the games where we were missing his scoring. And if we had maybe a bit more of his scoring, maybe we pull out more wins in some of those. But Minnesota loses to Wisconsin, where he was a massive scorer for Minnesota, and arguably Minnesota could have and should have won this game. But missing free throws throughout the second half, missing a buzzer-beating uh, opportunity put back off of a free throw to tie the game up, and Minnesota falls just short. But it goes to show you that Elijah Hawkins is the engine that drives this team. So honestly, I was under the impression that Dawson Garcia was the most important player for Minnesota, and he truly could be. But Hawkins definitely makes at least a strong case for that claim. And he's done it not only here in Minnesota, but in fact, he brought his Howard team to the NCAA tournament with a bid as well. And he is trying to do everything in his power to help Minnesota make a case this year 
too. Now, one massive positive to the future long term with Elijah Hawkins and the Gophers is he still has a year of eligibility. So that means not only will he possibly be back next year and be that engine, that 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 spark plug, that leader for the Gophers next season, but he also could be the mentor to the next great Minnesota point guard in Isaac Asuma, who just saw a lift in his recruiting rankings as well, making it a top 100 player in the country coming in at number 98 in the entire 2024 class. So yes, this loss hurts for Gophers fans. It's going to sting for a while, but there is still a light, slightly bright light at the end of the tunnel, a spot in the season, and the season is still alive. All hope is not gone. Minnesota has to turn it on and get back on track starting this Saturday against Penn State. I think Elijah Hawkins is going to help these boys get right and be ready to win on the road versus Penn State. We'll, we'll have you covered here. We'll talk about it next week after the game happens, and we'll dive in deep on what is happening with this men's basketball team. All that and more next week, but definitely tap in tomorrow where we'll talk some more football and a little bit of women's hoops as well. I'll see you then. Row the boat. Sky Yuma, Go Gophers. And as always, don't forget to subscribe.